Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Great Iron Blitz uh, right here on TuneIn, Player FM, Google Cast, Apple Podcasts, and also on the biggest platform in terms of podcasts on iHeartRadio, and as always on Block Talk Radio. It's your host, Oscar Lopez, here. We can be alongside the salty one, and we're under the weather this week. Uh, just a little bit of flu for me, so it's probably why my voice sounds a little awkward. But uh, We're going to manage up, and we're going to do what we do best. And that spotlights some of the best amazing athletes in women's American football. And today in the house, episode 284, we are going to have the uh, privilege to be talking to the newest members of the WNFC for 2020 in terms of phase two. And that's going to be uh, Jordan Marie and Tiffany Matthews of the three-time USWSFL champion Washington Prodigy. They will be in here in about 15 minutes in the No Joke Football Huddle, and we'll be talking to them about the excitement for 2020 in terms of what they expect in the Atlantic Conference and the WNFC in general. And so it's great news for them. Um, they're going to have to uh, prove their worth in a bigger scale, bigger platform, and unfortunately logistics is going to be a bigger aspect too. So we'll talk to them about all that in about 15 minutes. But let's uh, bring in the uh, always – informative and all-star uh Mackenzie Brooks in the house hi Mackenzie how's it going good Oscar how you doing today I'm feeling crappy but I'm good I'm here gotta do, gotta get it done I feel yeah absolutely I just got over cold myself so I'm not quite a hundred percent but you don't sound so well I hope you feel better. now I I I've been in bed since Saturday and uh, just a bunch of soup and meds. You know how that goes. Just bed rest and soups and oh, meds. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's how it goes. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good, actually. I'm not, like, just a head cold. Just sound sound worse than it is. You know what I mean? Right. I got gotcha. you. All right. So, uh, Mackenzie, we haven't talked NFL, but we're going to get into NFL in the next couple, uh, couple weeks here because what the NFL is with here – uh, biggest news, I think, was A.J. Green going down for the Bengals on that ankle injury. That was probably the bigger news that I can gather, um, you know, in terms of, you know, a, an impact player. Um, it says that he should be out for four, to four weeks at least. Um, I don't know if that's going to be more, but uh, that's a big blow to them considering his potential and what he brings to the table. Yeah, you know, I saw that when I – well, when I saw that A.J. Green – um, would potentially be out for multiple multiple regular season games. It kind of threw up a red flag for me um, in terms of how early, I guess, how early or um, how much later they the NFL should consider, you know, starting training cat training camps and such. Um, and in the same same respect um, for the Bengals, it kind of makes me wonder who um, who they have in, or who they're going to have in place of. Uh, AJ Green, to go to, he, like you know, like we discussed before, he's uh, one of the most dominant players in the league, and to have him go down like that so early um, is kind of concerning to me. I mean, you know, we we're not sure the logistics as far as like you know if it was a pre-existing injury if it happened, you know, 
right at the start of training camp. But I guess in 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 hindsight, the other way you could look at this would be um, would be you know the injuries happening right now as opposed to right at you know right in the middle of season or right at the start of season. So he's going to be able to have that recovery time and then work his way back into season or into playtime during the season. It's just, you know, they had, it just sucks that they had to lose him so early on right now. Yeah. I mean, the other, um, the other transitions is there's a lot of Packers leaving. You got Matthews in Los Angeles and then you had, um, what's his name? Mike Daniels, uh, obviously uh, go from the Packers to Detroit. Detroit seems on paper, they seem like they're going to have a really good uh, defensive front with Trey Flowers. Um, you had Sean Robinson, Damian Harrison. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of transition happening in the North that I think, uh, you know, Detroit's uh, in terms of Patricia sort of building towards um, making a formal uh, opponent here. And Detroit hasn't been relevant for, for a long time. So maybe this is a start. Well, yeah, and, and the other thing with Detroit is the tight end that they've picked up from Iowa, um, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, he mm-hmm. himself just come being, coming in being one of the most renowned uh, rookie prospects going into the draft. Either he's going to make that offense so much more dynamic because of who Matt Stafford is as a quarterback. I don't think Matt Stafford has had the legitimate pieces around him for a while. Um, to really make the the offense go like it is, and with Matt Patricia being the head coach now, it, it's I think it's all going to come full full circle. It's just you know being able to work those intricate pieces in together, and I think that's part of the things that you find during training camp and you know, uh, you know OTS and stuff like that. You know pe- things start coming together, working out glitches, and then that way when practices and and training camps actually start. You can get all the rust out, get everything out of the way, you know, because, you know, players have, whether you you were in college or um, NFL returning or just, you know, starting coming up contracts, whatever, um, you know, it gives them, it gives everybody a chance to, you know, basically reacclimate themselves to the sport as far as the physicality of it all. It doesn't matter which, you know, whichever role that you came from or coming into. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, the Lions, you know, they're like they're going to be on the watch list. Um, the Broncos are going to be on the watch list. The Cowboys, especially, and the Rams. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how all these pieces from all these teams and the draft this year are going to work intricately. Yeah, I'm really happy. Um, you got uh, McVeigh and Snead got the same deal, so that that votes well for me as a Ram fan that we're going to have this, the general manager that built this thing and the coach that obviously is going to be there through 2023 so in terms of upgrading pieces and getting things together i'm pretty happy with his decision so far we'll see how that you know pans out obviously during the season but at this point on paper it looks like you got a good plan on defense and we definitely need to do something on offense but uh, some of the pieces are there on offense already so that's that's a pretty good sign for me um the other thing is um in dallas on your on your side of the uh, jerry jones says it, it doesn't really matter because he doesn't need a running back to win the Super Bowl. So I guess Elliott really is not a really big piece, I guess. And everybody knows that Jerry Jones is bluffing. Even Jerry Jones knows he's bluffing. Like, hell, I mean, come on. Like, everybody knows, at least, okay, I'm not going to say everybody, but anybody that that 
has a a common a common knowledge or uh, understanding of how the NFL works. You at, at least in this day and age, the court the quarterback running back duo is literally that's a thing. Like you know, some teams have just that dynamic quarterback who can get the job done, be mobile, um, you know, pass at short range, long range, the whole, you know, the whole the whole package. Where with me down in Dallas and my Cowboys, um, yeah, you know, while Dak Prescott has been underrated since he got to Mississippi State and now into the NFL, people don't like people fail to realize that. It wasn't just the Zeke show. The Zeke show, the first three years, it was literally Dak and Zeke. Yes, you know Zeke is the best running back in football, if not one of them. And he's, I mean, he's a dynamic player in himself. But what people don't understand is it literally takes the two of them to, you know, to start out and fire up an offense. But for Jerry Jones to sit there and say that you don't need a rushing, a, a running back rushing. Um, you know, rushing champion or you know, whatever to win a Super Bowl. Is Mackenzie, maybe he knows something. We don't. <laughs> I mean, he probably maybe. thinks that he does. You know what I mean? But I'm not really even sure that he, that he's put shoulder pads and helmet on. I could be wrong, sure. but I'm like he has played 65 percent sure. <laughs> I mean, he was in high in uh, college, so can't say he hasn't played. He's played. I don't know if his noggin's all there, but he has played. You know what I mean? I mean, he may have also played in an era or a time that wasn't very running back and, and powerball, you know, friendly. So, right. I mean, and believe it or not, Zeke is a, is a power back. He has the speed of a speed back, but he's built like a full, like he's built like a full. I, I, like, there's not much else I can say. Mackenzie, but they let's really, end it on. Yes. Let's end it on. Uh, Maybe he's wrong. How's that? Because until that happens, maybe he's wrong. Let's end it on that because that's what's probably going to happen. Unless he's got yeah, somebody in the, yeah. you know, as a backup, he might not make it. I that mean, way. they did. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's, Dallas is always yeah. surprising, right? Because they're always in the news every year in the off season, and they're always making some sort well, of, yeah. you know, front and center of everything. So, um, I mean, Elliot's probably trying to get the better deal, right? He's in a longer. Uh, tenure of his year contract now. He's getting older. He's obviously wants to collect as much money as he can. Uh, just natural, you know what I mean. And then his agents obviously trying yeah. to get him the best deal. So, just the way it goes. That's the, the nature of the business. Right. So, it's. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, and honestly, I don't think things. the holdout's going to happen for much longer. Right. I mean, they did they did yeah. sign Alvin Morris for um, a year contract, but I I just really don't think that this whole this holdout's going to last much longer because. Jerry's going to realize, like, you know, kind of like he did the last time he held out mm-hmm. for an extension. You know, it's right. kind of just all going to come full circle probably two or three weeks before training camp ends. Yeah. I, I think he's just calling, like you said, he's calling a bluff. You just kind of, like, just see what he does or what. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Wagner gets paid. Seattle's putting money on defense. They're getting older. I don't know if that's a good thing to do. What do you think? Three-year, $54 million. It's an extension. Um, they're going to hook up with uh, Wright and Kendricks. Um, so, I, you know, the linebacker core there has been one of the heartbeats of Seattle. But, I, I mean, you, know, you put too much money into it. At some point defensively, you got to, like, either draft, go through the draft or do something different. But I guess 
they figure uh, Wagner is that big piece, that leadership that deserves to be there, uh, you know, for years to come. You know, I'm, I can't really, I can't really decide on that one. I, I've, I've been going back and forth about that for probably a good three or four days now. And I just, I can't seem to come up with any pros or more pros or more, more cons either way to really decide. I will state, however, you know, with every defensive piece of a team, you should probably have an offensive counterpart to that. So whether it's um, another receiver or a tight end on, you know, on that Seattle offense, I feel like would complement enough right. to what they've added to the defense. You know, you always have to have that, that, well, not always, but most of the time you do have to have some form of a counterpart to offset what you've done. Yeah, and I think they, they did complement the offense with uh, DK Metcalf and then obviously Lockett, and then you have uh, Wilson. So it's not like they're just completely tearing themselves off. They, they, they are securing some sort of security blanket on defense, which is Wagner. And then on, on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball, they're, they're, are, they're adding pieces as well because they know how vital it is for, um, you know, for um, Russell to have some weapons. So, I mean, at this point, it's just, it's, you know, premature for everything, but it looks like they're just going to be doing something, you know, to kind of complement on either side. Um, there's a lot of rookies I haven't jot down yet because obviously I'm in a fog right now. But other than that, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that we're going to be talking about going forward in the next, you know, next week and the week after where there's a lot of pieces in place in certain uh, teams that are obviously the, the draft was is going to benefit them tremendously. And so um, we just talked about Elliott's chances for contract. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I think uh, Jones will come to his senses, as they say. He also has Amari um, Cooper as a main weapon. So maybe that's where he's like, eh, really don't need Elliott because I got other things. So we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, I'm interested to see in and what or you know when and, and when and how much longer this entire holdout thing is going to keep being a relevant thing. Um, kind of like you said, you know, for some strange reason, and at this point, I don't even feel like it's strange. It's more or less routine at the beginning of football season period, whether it's college, NFL you know, semi-pro, whatever, there's always those one or two teams or leagues that are in the headlines for long periods of time for things that are off the football field. Yeah, I know. And and like I said, it's premature pretty, pretty early right now. I think everybody's just kind of like diving in. And we're almost a month out. Uh, we're a well, not a month out. We're, what, the Hall of Fame game's coming up here uh, and on August 8th, I believe it is. So, um, we're almost into the season now, so we're, we're just going to get into it. Um, you guys, go to the Hub. If you missed anything during the week, the Hub is the place to be at facebook.com forward slash Brilliant Beauties. Everything that was happening in the women's game internationally, action in Brazil, action in Germany, action in Mexico now, WFL Championship coming up here this weekend. We got the uh, action in Austin in the LFL that happened this weekend, and we also have uh, still photos from there from that action that happened. You get to see it on YouTube this weekend. Uh, Austin Acoustic taking on the Los Angeles Temptation. It is the uh, Michelle Angel against uh, Ashley Salerno, which is a big contest there. This past weekend, probably the most one of the most horrible LFL games you'll ever watch, but you can go watch it. 
Um, it's Chicago versus um, uh, Nashville, and so that was pretty pretty bad game offensively. Um, and so yeah, uh, eight to six, the winner goes to Nashville. Nashville gets to face the Austin Acoustic uh, in Week 16, which I don't think they're going to be able to come through, especially with the performance that they made against the Bliss. Um, but other than that. Uh, everything that you need to know about the game, the women's game, it's at the hub at facebook.com forward slash ground beauties. The German League's in action. We'll talk to we'll talk about it in a little bit about it. And also Brazil just debuted their national uh, women's league, which is a great debut there. And you can see the articles there. There's a bunch of articles on there as well from the uh, Houston Hurricanes. There's an article there from Houston Magazine. So check it out there. Uh, so the place to be is at the hub, like, share, and do everything you can there. We really appreciate it. Almost uh, 7,300 strong followers. Uh, we're 20,000 all over on the social media platform. We are the biggest network on the planet covering and bringing awareness to women's American football, so I'm really proud of that. And check it out at the hub at facebook.com forward slash greatironbeauties. So, um, Mackenzie, let's go into the huddle. If you haven't gone to Zazzle, Zazzle has been our sponsor for six years. They support us. They're the ones that keep this uh, podcast afloat. All we ask is to go to Zazzle, buy a shirt, buy a legging, buy a hoodie, whatever. Use the coupons up to 20% off. Check it out and support the podcast as well as the project. Um, you can just get the original shirt, the classic throwback, which is the gray and silver no-joke football script. So check it out at Zazzle.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties. All right, Mackenzie, let's go into the huddle. And we're going to be bringing on the newest members of the Phase 2 um, action plan that was uh, addressed by the WNFC earlier in the year. And now we get to talk to the first team that is going to be participating in the 2020 plan, and that is the uh, Washington Prodigy, three-time United States Women's Football League champions. And we're talking to the general manager, Jordan Marie, and the owner, Tiffany Matthews. How are you guys doing today? Hey, we're great. 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 Hey, Thank you for having us. No problem. Um, Jordan, we talked to you uh, a while back. Um, I don't know if it's been maybe a year from now. Um, yeah, I think Your team has been ago. very successful, right, in the UWSFL. You guys have done tremendous things there. Um, Jordan, as a general manager, let's let's go into it. Did Odessa call and just wrote a check, or because she can influence and get people over quickly? Right? <laughs> I, I wish I wish that it were that that easy and simple. I feel like women's football is getting there, um, but no. So you know, Odessa and I we'd known each other a while just from the football circuit. Um, we met and became close in uh, 2017 when we played together on Team USA. So you know, I had borne witness to her vision, kind of you know from from the inception of this new league. And Tiffany and I had both spoken about it once we kind of heard the buzz going around that that was definitely something that that aligned with our goals for the team and, you know, a vision that, that we definitely wanted to tap into. Um, you know, so we talked to her last season, actually. She said she was starting small. She wanted to make sure that she could deliver on everything that she had promised for, you know, for the new league. So they kept it to a small amount of teams. But as they expanded, you know, she would definitely keep us in mind. And they did well. They expanded. They kept us in mind. And now, you know, and now we're here. So it's a it's a, it's a really good feeling. I'm glad that we were able to make the, the switch. Uh, Jordan, the, the aspect of the league is another level. 
as if you call it. And we all had, you know, you go to the group boards, everybody's like, this can't happen. This, this is not feasible. This cannot be possible. And um, I don't know. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I think they, they, they overdone themselves. You know, Riddell, Adidas, you get WNFC TV, which I think on top of Riddell and Adidas, WNFC TV was probably the most impressive thing out of everything. Because you can get a you know a sponsor for clothing and everything else, you can make that deal. WSC TV kind of a game changer for them to stand out. Where you had that, and then you had the, the San Diego Rebellion with their replay and their um, good broadcast. So, um, is that something that kind of influenced you guys to come over? All that, I wouldn't say fanfare, but all that you know positivity going forward, where it's big time in a way. It's kind of like a showcase in that way. Um. I mean, I don't think so, and I mean, Tiff, you can uh, you can chime in too. But I think that what we appreciated was just the the forward thinking in general. So it wasn't you know about anything that they had. It was how they were practically trying to you know attain these things in a way that is sustainable for women in the long run. Like I mean, you know, Tiffany and I when we played, you know, on our prior teams, we saw them trying to move league, do, you know, certain things with large sponsors, you know, bite off kind of more than women's football could chew at the time, only for it to, mm-hmm. to kind of dissolve because it wasn't practically thought out. So it's really, it's really great to see them, like, pushing the envelope, but in a way that makes sense for where the brand is now while also considering, like, where, where it's going. All right, um, Jordan, the competition probably on a, on a different level. The Atlantic Conference, probably the weakest conference out of both conferences. Pacific Conference really stood out with the, the dual battles out there with Seattle, um, San Diego, Seattle, Los Angeles. So um, I know I talked to uh, Odessa about making sure that you bring in more, more teams, obviously more competitive teams to make both conferences a lot stronger. You guys have a proven record in the, in the USWSFL, so – um, that is something you got to uphold. How are you, are you guys concerned at this point, or are you just it's regular business for the next for 2020? Um, Tiff, you want to take that one? I've been, uh, I know I've been like talking everybody's uh, ear. No, so, <laughs> no, it's, it's cool. Um, I think it's. I mean, I think with any season, I mean, um, it's always it's always regular business, but you always kind of go in it, and especially with this being new and. Um, the competition level uh, raising a pretty high. Um, I mean, we're just going to do business as usual. Um, the the players are aware, the coaches are aware uh, of what needs to be done, um, and and moving us forward as a as a a step up for us. And um, just again with the competition level. Um, no, I mean, I think I, I think we're ready. I, I think it's going to be an eye opener for for everyone, but in a good way, you know. Um, it, it just it, it's about growth at this point, like Jordan said before. You know, just what what the WNFC is doing with women's football, um, just to be a part of that is is huge, and we're just glad to um, be able to uh, you know, attach our journey with theirs and 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 move this thing forward. So I'm I'm, I'm eager to see. You know how we do, how how it goes. I just Tiffany, wanna, uh, can Trout. I just add something to that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I just I I feel like you know like the elephant in the room when it comes to the prodigy is the fact that we have you know won our championship 
in the USWFL, which is, you know, historically is rumored to be, I mean, whatever you want to call it, like, you know, like the, the weaker of the three prominent leagues right now. Um, and I don't know if everyone knows, like, our journey and kind of how we wound up here and that it was never our desire to be in any arena where we weren't, like, regularly challenged at our game. So, you know, when the USWF, no, I'm sorry, when the IWFL dissolved their, like, East Coast contingency, you know, because there was another team in this area in the WFA that would not waive the geographic restriction to let us into that league, the USWFL was gracious enough to open their, their arms and their doors to us to allow us to be in that league, which is why we will always have the utmost respect for them, you know, and, and support their journey because had it not been for them, we would not have had a, a home for the last three years. But what I appreciate about, about Tiffany and about our head coach, Tony Bell and the coaching staff is that they have for the last three years prepared us for every game as if we were going against the, the Texas Elite Spartans, as if we were going against the rebellion. It didn't matter who we were up against. They prepared us for ultimate competition, which allowed us to sustain our product, sustain our brand, remain successful, and be in a position where now that we have the opportunity to play more competitive teams, we can step into this league without having, you know, the trepidation that would normally come with, you know, not having strong competition for the last couple of seasons. You know, like we're still at a high level, we are ready, and we are ready to prove to everyone why we won those last three championships and that it was not a fluke and that it was not because of, you know, who we played or where we were. This is what we've always wanted, and I feel like we're finally ready to to show why we wanted it so badly. So I just wanted to kind of add so, that. So your hashtag is respect for 2020? Is that what you guys are bringing? <laughs> respect for 2020? <laughs> That's the new slogan for you. Respect for 2020. That's a good slogan. Yeah. Um, No, let's bring in Mackenzie here to pick you guys' brain uh, as well. So, uh, Mackenzie. Hi, ladies. How are we doing tonight? Hey, great. And yourself? You know, I'm wonderful. I was excited to hear that we were going to have you guys both on as guests um, because I I really just have two – Two bigger questions for both of you, um, and you both can answer in any any order, really. But my first question is, as both of you being um, the you know the uh, leadership of the Washington Prodigy, what are you expecting as far as um, administration wise, as far as league wise, um, higher ups and stuff? What are you expecting out of the WNFC that you may or may not have gotten um, with the USWFL, or maybe you got it and you just kind of see, you know, the the difference between the two, like kind of what, what are you guys expecting or what were you guys um, not so much getting in your other league? So do you want to go first? Uh, you talk about the on-field um, stuff. I'll talk about the admin stuff. Well, I mean, I mean, I have, I have so much respect for um, USWFL. I, it's, it I really it wouldn't really be anything about what we didn't get from them. Um, they uh, they did I think pretty well um, with what they had to work with. I mean they were uh-huh. you know um, 
two, uh, you know, hardworking people who took over the this league. I mean, even it, it wasn't necessarily matching with the number of teams. It wasn't a large number of teams, so to speak. But, I mean, the work that they put in, they made sure, again, like Jordan said, that they, they made sure that they um, – Gave 100% effort in in making things happen all, all the way up to a you know um, everything getting the championship weekend ready getting just 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 kind of like I, I think it's a lot of it's a lot of work um, running a team um, co-running a team so I know it is a I can't imagine how much work goes into um, running an entire league so I, I wouldn't really compare what we didn't get from them. Um, and again, I've just I've heard nothing but um, great things from the um, other owners and things like that of the uh, WNFC, and uh, a lot about uh, you know OJ's character and and, and things. I just I, I feel like um, uh, it's just the 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 movement that's needed for uh, women's football, like like Jordan spoke the first time and uh, her response saying that you know what. A lot of league, seeing a lot of leagues in the past just kind of um, biting off more than they can chew, so to speak, and it's just it just seems to be right on task with like where we are. We're not mm-hmm. trying to, um, you know, do too much and try, you know, trying to live up into this, this this dream. I think a lot of leagues have probably gotten stressed out of trying to make things happen that they promised and couldn't come through with. And I don't and I don't think the USWFL did that. I think they were very transparent. Um, and everyone was aware of what was going on and, and how it was being ran and, you know, what to expect. And I just um, – I think I, I expect the same thing from the WNFC. Yeah, and I'll just – I'll piggyback off of, you know, what she said. I mean, it it takes work. Like, everybody everybody who knows, everybody who's listening to this podcast and is affiliated with, you know, women's football knows that it takes work to start a team. It takes work to sustain a team. It takes twice as much work to start a team and sustain a team in a market where there already is a team, right? So, like, we've, mm-hmm. we've done it. You know, we have, you know, bled and sweat and cried literally, like, over, you know, this organization. And, you know, there needs to be a place where small teams can grow and develop, and there, need to be, there needs to be a place where, you know, larger, more established teams can thrive. And I think the USWFL – has created the model for the small teams to grow and develop, but they have to want to grow in that mindset. So, you know, what we, what we saw was not so much a breakdown in the league structure, but was a, a lack of the, you know, of drive on the part of some of the owners of the other small teams who want to no yeah. longer be small teams in, you know, in small markets. So it's nice now to, you know, even though we're, we're not the biggest and we may wind up going against teams that are, you know, that have rosters twice as big as ours in this new league, you know, everybody here is trying to grow. Everybody here is trying to make progress. Everybody's trying to put in the work off the field as well as on the field to make sure that things are in order and that you're putting a good brand forward. So it's really nice to be in a place where, you know, like I, we can't slack on the administrative side. Our marketing has to be tight. You know, like like Oscar said, WNFC TV, we got to stream. You know, we have to put on a product now that the the nation, if not the world, is going to see. So I'm excited about you know the challenge that that brings. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I was able to, you know, get on here tonight and, and hear uh, both of your guys' insights on just that first question alone. You know, Jordan, when we had you on about a year ago, um, you kind of veered towards the same thing as far as um, just, you know, your experience in general and how, how it was going from, you know, playing to coaching to being it, going to mm-hmm. admin and then now going to the next, you know, the next step as far as moving, moving leagues. So I, I, I love all the insight. It's just, it's refreshing to hear, um, you know, <laughs> owners and teams being on, um, you know, like owners and administrators being on the same, uh, you know, the same thought process as far as what they want, you know, to see as far as their own team is concerned, which leads me to my next question. Um, so, whether it's individually between the two of you or together as the admin team or part of the admin team for the Washington Prodigy, what are you most looking forward to in general as far as switching over to the WNFC? Well, Tiff is hype about the uniform, but (laughs) 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 tell me I'm lying, though. (laughs) No, you're, 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 you're not lying. I, 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 I'm like, I mean, just again, I, I think just like the dress oh wear is, is that what you guys are more excited about? The dress wear? I, I, I love, I love the, I yeah. love the uniform. That's a, that's one of my, you know, I get to play around with the uniforms and things every year. Jordan lets me, um, you know, I, I want to change things and do things. She just lets me play around with it, and then she's looking at me like, no, you know, we can't do that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely the uniforms. I just um, the competition that the. I, the competition yeah. level that's going to raise, um, you know, our, our girls have, you know, they, we have quite a few. I'm sorry, very little that have started with us from the beginning. I mean, we're only um, seven years in and uh, seven seasons in, and, and it's, you know, just not letting them get comfortable to learn so much more mm-hmm. about the sport um, mm-hmm. is super important, and I think that they. You know, I, you know, it's, it's naturally they kind of not just gotten a little comfortable. I, I love to, I love to walk, see them walking around being champions, and just you know, but to just to raise that that level um, and and have them really tested. Just every, all of us, um, the the coaches, just you know, everyone like kind of putting that to the test. Um, and I, we we know the type of teams and that are uh, in the WSC. They're you know strong teams, and so. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most is just to to see to really see the you know the, the hard work and all the you know pay off um, on field outside of the uniforms and 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 such. So um. yeah, I, I think I think you hit it on the head. Like one of when we made the announcement to the girls um, oh, was that a week ago? You know, as soon as as soon as we said it, one of them shouted, "We got competition!" Like they. They are as hungry for it, you know, as we are for them to have it. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I'm glad that, you know, some of our, our newer players, our younger players, our smaller players had opportunities to, you know, to thrive and to, you know, to sharpen their skill set in the USWFL game because I felt like it built their confidence, you know, and, and allowed us to also see what they were capable of and help them to realize it as well. So that when we go into this league, they know, okay, I, I, you know, I did this before. I've, I've, I've been on the gridiron. I have, you know, exhibited these skills. I'm not going to be intimidated by, you know, by who's up against me. So it's really nice that, you know, we had the opportunity to, 
to to kind of prepare ourselves for this level of competition. But that to us is the most enticing part of of being here. You know, the business model is great, um, but it is also time for us to, you know, to really be challenged and to be stretched, you know, on the field as well as off the field. And I think this is the best place for that. Absolutely. You know, you, you can never, my theory is, is you can never grow without having a challenge or having some yeah. kind of, uh, some kind of, you know, obstacle or, um, step back to really expand your mind or expand your play or, you know, or just expand in general, you know, you can't, you're, you're not going to grow, whether it's sports, athletics, life, you're not going to grow without having something that really tests you or challenges right. you. And I think, you know, you guys have both just hit it on the head. You both, the, the team itself and organization is ready for that, that next step, you know, as far as competition wise, um, logistical wise, ownership wise. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch you guys um grow <laughs> throughout the WNFC and I'm excited to watch the WNFC even more this year, this coming season for twenty twenty because of some of the teams that are being added and just, you know, rolling off of what they were doing in their inaugural season. So I'm excited for you ladies. I can't wait to watch. Um I am done picking your brain for the night, so I'm gonna turn it back over <laughs> to Oscar. Well, thanks oh. for coming. And can I piggyback? Of course. Sorry, it's me. Let me. I just want to piggyback a little bit. I, I wanted to add something there. Also, um, what I'm actually really happy about it is is the support from everyone. Not so, not just the competition, yeah. but just like you don't get a lot of some things that I've heard, um, things that I've witnessed, and I'm not going because it's hearsay and all this stuff. But since mm-hmm. just in the last week, we have gotten so much support just from you know just the welcoming support just happy to be happy for us to be here like feeling somewhat like you know you know although the new kids on the block but just like you know not necessarily bullied or you don't belong here or who is you know but just like hey Mm -hmm. welcome great like we're glad you're here like can't wait to see you grow can't wait i've talked to a couple owners of different teams and it's just that to me is huge um because i feel like just in the future just being able to reach out and and, and talk about things or just having like an, an open form of, of communication. That just seems to have been, be the trend um, because it seems like everyone is together. You, you're always going to naturally have a couple of things that are on the same page, but it, you know, I feel like those things can be voiced or talked about without it being backlash or drama or, you know, you don't hear a lot of that, that stuff going on. It just seems like it's like an overwhelming um, amount of support. And I appreciate that from uh, everyone Absolutely. in the WNC. Yeah. Well, um, I talked to Odessa 24 months ago, and then I talked to her 36 months ago, and we talked to her about 48 months ago. Um, so usually pretty pretty on point when she's decided to do something. And so far, uh, everything has been positive result. And I think that's a, that's a great thing there. And so you guys in a major metro just adds value to the brand which is a big, big thing to live up to because you guys are in DC. It's like the, the biggest uh, Metro on the East coast. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's also a big hurdle because you got to live up to that. You know, you got Atlanta on the South side, which is a big, big Metro. Um, if you want to be considered major, in other words, if we look at it as a general scope, there's a lot of responsibility that goes with that too, because you got to live up to it. Um, but overall, uh, Tiffany and, and uh, Jordan, the logistics 
of just being a business professional model, I think is what takes away from what we've had in the past, which everybody has been recreational minded. And I think the mindset has changed to where this has becomes a real business model, which is when you have a real business model, it is a lot more struggles because you are uh, hold to a higher standard. You know what I mean? If you get major sponsors, you have to live up to certain things as well. If you have uh, facilities, then obviously you got commitments that you got to live up to. Otherwise, you're going to look like a rinky-dink operation, and that means major sponsors mm-hmm. don't come around. So there's a lot of you know a lot of self-responsibility on not just the the league in itself, but uh, the individual teams and the ownership to really week week in week out um, you know sustain a locale or venue that that the fans are able to call home and draw to, so that you can grow your fan base even more and the attention span to the sport. Yeah, absolutely. It's And it's not easy. And if there's nope. one thing that I can say to, you know, to new teams and, like, developing teams is that this is everybody's business. Like, yes, you need an owner. Yes, you need a general manager, you know, and a head coach and maybe some other administrative positions as you see fit. But everybody has to buy in to this and every single every player everyone has to be accountable in the growth like it's and I think that's that's a mistake that we make as you know as football teams as you see the NFL you know you see you know you you, you see the the Shanahan's and the the Lorries and the you know these these big these these owners that kind of like you know provide everything these big contracts and the players just show up and play we are not there that is not yet where women's football is and I know that's where we want to be but that's not where we are and so as the players come to join the team like no you're not just showing up to give me you know your best effort two nights a week and you know Saturday evenings under the light I need your best effort seven days a week I need you marketing this team I need you paying your dues on time I need you talking this up and working your networks and your connections for sponsorships and fields, and, you know, and somebody to work the ticket booth and the concession stand. Like, I'm relying on all of my players for all of that. And it was difficult at first to feel like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're, they're showing up and they're playing, and I don't want to overtax them. But we let them know from the beginning, like, no, when you sign up, you sign up to contribute to the business, not just to the wins and losses. And so, and I think that, like, that is is something that needs to be kind of like ingrained into this culture, and then hopefully, as as external parties, as sponsors and whatnot, kind of see how invested we all are in it, then it will incentivize them to invest in the sport even more. And then hopefully, we'll get to the point where all the players have to do is show up and play. I would love to just give them that experience, but our players know that <laughs> it it goes far beyond you know what happens Saturday night at at 7 p.m. Like, it goes it goes way beyond that. And I put them to work. And, I mean, Tiff will tell you, I work their last nerve. But that's that's how we've been able to sustain, you know? Yeah, and I think that's the key. Uh, if you treat it as a real business model, it is hard-nosed because you have to have that separation between ownership and employee in a way, right? But there is requirements on either side. There is a, you know, expectation on the ownership to come through for them. There's also the expectation yeah. on the player to sustain and represent the brand at its highest level, because if it's a black eye, you lose a lot of things on either side. 
There's no benefit there. Yeah. The player doesn't benefit, and the ownership doesn't benefit. So it's really a, it has to be a win-win on either side. Um, the only reason I bring up venue and expenses is because a lot of the teams have a tendency to, um, you know, not have the revenue to to sustain a certain venue, and that also affects them long-term for fanfare. So that's the reason I'm asking is, you know, is there a plan in place now before 2020 to literally lock in some sort of venue for the, I know the scheduling isn't out yet, but at this point, once that happens, that's one of the hard things I think in the, in women's sports is the fact you're competing with high school and you're competing with the junior colleges and, you know, all the other Mm -hmm. uh, sports for open dates and things like that. So that makes it a really harder. And I think I, I speak on everybody, not just, you know, the WNFC, but WFA in general, where that becomes a big logistics nightmare as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, definitely that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was I was just going to say, yeah, we, that, it's for, like you said, it's it's hard because of the competition with, with all the other sports and during the time that we play, but that is one of our um, priorities, um, the priority going into every season, just making sure that we kind of solidify a venue and a place um, first and foremost before we even get dates kind of putting things out there so when we get dates you can just slide that in instead of beginning to look at that time because I think once you begin to look at the time you receive the dates you're already kind of behind the you know um, the problem so it's like it it, it makes it even harder because people have already you know jumped on it we've already looked for um, and and kind of got everything down to right where we want it for 2020, um, you know, now and that's in, and still dealing with a little bit of uh, competition. So that that's that's when the dates will play out. Um, but yeah, uh, just from experience in the past, just kind of learning, you know, the hard way of of being able to make sure that is in place first before we kind of do anything else because. We could do all the other all the other stuff, but we don't have a venue. <laughs> then you know, so that's nothing. Yeah, right. and it's all of, it's so all about one- like building relationships with the venues, and you know, it's it's also hard. You know, you like soccer is king here in DC, so right. you know you're up against these like multi thousand dollar corporations that want to rent venues for like you know ten to twelve Saturdays at a time, and we're like, you know, can we have four Saturdays, one Saturday a month for two hours, and you know, so I mean, sometimes it's just hard. It's 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 a bidding war, you know, and it's 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 difficult for us, just like it is for everybody else. But you just have to you have to persist at it. Yeah, and that's the reason I'm saying that because depending on the market, uh, you either have an easy access or you have a real struggle. So that's that's one of the keys that I'm we're talking about. And then we're also talking about you know the uh, preventing the forfeit, which uh, the WNFC was really proud in year one not to have any forfeit. And I think that's really owner commitment. When you have no forfeit, that is owner commitment. That means uh, the responsibility falls on the ownership to have more than enough roster to compensate for, you know, some of the uh, injuries that would happen. So I think that's the responsibility that a lot of the owners really took upon themselves to make sure that their roster is really intact. Yeah, and I think that ties back into expectations, like we were saying, and not – not biting off more than you can chew from a from marketing perspective and then also from a, you know, from a game perspective. Like if you, you know, if you start the season with 15 to 20 players, you have to kind of realistically in your mind understand what that might be like. I mean, this is a very aggressive, you know, a very, very physical sport. 
And so, mm-hmm. you know, deciding whether or not you can sustain an eight-game roster, God forbid, no one ever wants anyone to get injured. So nobody ever wants to think about that worst-case scenario, but it, it's a risk. It's a, this is business. So you have to consider the risk. So being, you know, if I feel like if more teams were kind of reasonable about that and as their, you know, attrition happens and injuries happen and, you know, when you get down to 15 or less players, like really kind of setting your expectations, I think we'd have a lot less of these week of forfeits and, you know, and cancellations and things like that. But, again, I mean, it's you have to balance your aspirations with, what you can, you know, what you can sustain. And I think everybody's just kind of learning that as they go. All right. Um, so, Jordan, Tiff, can you tell me your first impression when the WNFC announced you have Adidas and Riddell right on board? What was your thought? Like, when they first announced, here, we got, we got Riddell and we got Adidas. My first thought was, think. hell yeah. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> was it really hell yeah? Uh, that, that it was really hell yeah. Like I mean, the, the fact that you know those two, uh, uh, you know, large known corporations and and, and companies have have uh, kind of you know want to jump in and help us out with with our dream. I mean, I haven't. It, that that that's huge to me to be to even be able to talk about it and 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 say it to just people that are still learning about you know women's football. Because um, believe it or not, there's still a lot of people that are still learning about women's mm-hmm. football. Um, and to, to add that piece, it, it's just like a, a a wow, you know, like you know this is serious. So to to have someone or a, a company like that to, to take it just as serious as that, I mean, to even buy in on it, that's that's huge. So that was my first. Yeah. My first thought. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was I was surprised. I mean, but but knowing, you know, having known O. J. and what you know, what she's been working on, what she's been cooking up, you know, when I saw it I was like, Okay, you know, that's that that's that's awesome. They you know, they support us, whatever. But then when I like realized kind of the extent to which Adidas was like, you know, supporting just women's sports in general and when they put a, a football player you know, like in a in a legit like you know commercial, like a nationwide commercial. I was like, oh no, y'all are y'all are backing us, backing us. Like this is this is for real. This is serious. So it it made me feel good that we were being seen on that on that level, and that you know, and that this league that they respected the you know the league model and the you know the, the league ownership enough to say no, we are going to. You know, we're gonna put our resources behind you because we we like what you're doing. So it it just it was nice to feel seen like that. And I think that's that was huge, and nobody could believe it at the time because I don't think it's ever been done this big. And the commitment I think was really the more shocker for me. To, you always get a one year commitment or something, but to get more than one year commitment, that's usually uh, you know that means that, that there's trust there. And with the same token, obviously, you have a, a responsibility to live up to that. So that's, I think, year two is really where it's at, is to maintain that level of uh, commitment from them as they see the growth and the, you know, and how the sport is, is going to evolve in that sense. Um, for the Prodigy, you guys, um, is the logo going to change? Are we modifying anything with the logo? I mean, are we making alterations? Uh, are we doing anything in general at this point, or are we leaving it as is? That's a tough question because she handles all <laughs> aesthetic <laughs> design, uniform. Um, 
I mean, our, our, our name is not changing. Our name is our address and forever will be. So that part will be the same. Um, but how we look going forward, I mean, that's, that's up to 34. Um, See what she wants yeah, to do. Yeah, that, uh, well, I'm working on some things, so that'll that'll probably be a um, that's still a, a question mark there of how. No, um, so Tip, it's, it's, are we like going it's with in, it's in the work? So. We going with standard uh, standard logo that you have now, and then maybe you might alter it in 12 months or something. Is that what you're working on right now? Um, possibly, possibly getting some a couple of different looks right now. Um, but uh-huh. yeah, for, for, for the for the for the most part, the the logo. Um, the shield and and and, and the, the stars, uh, which represents the uh, DC flag, that that will remain the same. But the whole, we, we're still just tweaking a few more things to just you know just again level up a little bit. So color color scheme is going to be the same, right? For the most part. Yeah, yeah for, for the most part. part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tiff, how excited are you as you you branched out? You were part of the Diva family. Now you get this team, and all of a sudden now you're here in, in, in another opportunity to even go a little higher. But as an owner, not just a player, as an owner to be part of this, uh, you know, ho- hopefully we got a cr- our fingers crossed here. Hopefully this is a successful venture going forward because year one was successful, and we hope that, you know, year two and year three and years to come will be successful. But how uh, how excited are you to be, you know, now involved into something that is kind of groundbreaking in a way? in terms of, you know, uh, major sponsors looking at you as some sort of, uh, uh, you know, awesome product like they do soccer and like they do every other uh, major sport that's on, like, ESPN and stuff like that. Right. No, I'm, I am extremely excited. Um, I, I feel um, extremely blessed to be able to be a part of this. It kind of took me back to the beginning when we first uh, uh, realized that we were starting a team. You know, it was just – it's like it's still a little surreal, um, and I, I'm like a, you know, like somewhat of a big kid when it comes to football. It's because it's almost like a, you know, uh, in a cliche, like a dream come true. You know what I mean? These are things we used to sit back years ago and um, talk about and say, "This is what we want," and what, "What do you think of this?" and and it just wasn't on any level like it is now. Um, we were really just like super important to our to ourselves. And our fan base and our family and things like that. But, I mean, really, like, we were just known to just women's football. Now that it has expanded, I mean, just it is worldwide. And, and to be able to be a part of that, um, I, I, you know, <laughs> words can't really express how I feel. Like, I'm, I am extremely happy. Um, and, again, it takes me back to the beginning days when I – when we first kicked the prodigy off and I didn't know what to expect. I had no expectations. I knew what I wanted. I, I, I had all, I sat down and I drew all these things up and I, you know, the first time that, you know, just like bring me back to my first time. Like I have experience now a little bit, but I know even for myself, like I'm just excited of what, what I'm going to learn and what I'm going to see and um, the things are just going to attach on to the prodigy brand and, and, and help it grow. Like I, I think it's, it's, We've done very well for ourselves. Like I'm so proud of us um, as an organization. I mean, we just we've gone through a lot, <laughs> and I'm sure every team has. But like we have just been like 
picking and scratching and begging and clawing and, like Jordan said, and blood, sweat, tears. And, like, to finally have the conversation, uh, Jordan said, hey, you know, you know, I spoke to OJ and, like, I think, you know, like, I think it might be a go. Like, from that point, I'm just like, and I think I got off the phone and I'm just sitting in my car, like, biting my, my nails, like, oh, man, like, wow, like, I can't wait to tell the girls. I can't wait to tell the coaches. And, you know, because I know it's, it's something that I've wanted forever, but I know it's something that they've wanted, and we just kind of it's just been talk. And to see that talk kind of come into reality of of, of action, it's like it's 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 huge. So, you know, I've I've just been twenty twenty planning from that point on. Just just you know, I have this black book of just ideas and things, and just uh, you know. So I'm just as you hear now, like I'm just I'm extremely excited. I, I am. Yeah. No, and the reason I bring it up is because it's a different mindset when you own it than when you play it and own it. Once you own it and you step away a lot more from playing, the mindset really changes because now you're now it's about revenue and sustainability. It is also a responsibility for players and all that, but it's more about revenue and sustainability. And that's really where you get to the next level as you talk about the NFL. That's really what it boils down to is, you know, revenue and sustainability. You get those two, then obviously the product, everything falls in line because you have revenue and sustainability. Um, Jordan, as a general manager, uh, marketing's big here. I've spoken to everybody in the WNFC. They're all pretty good marketing people. Uh, they try to network with each other, try to help each other. Uh, I think that's one of the big difference that I've seen in my nine years covering the sport is there's always a broken puzzle with every league where they're not on the same page. And I think that's one of the things that Brian and uh, OJ really want to stress is the fact that every owner and general manager needs to be on the same page, whether from every team, because it only benefits the brand. The brand being a benefit obviously benefits everybody in terms of teams and revenue and everything else. So it's a big responsibility on general managers and owners to really live up to that. It is. Um, But like I was saying before about how, you know, with the prodigy, it's, it's everybody's business, like players, you know, coaches, admins. That also translates to league level. So, you know, I mean, Tiff and I haven't worked it out for us because we have to, you know, both manage our team, but then also, you know, buy into and contribute to the structure that is in place because, like, we can't expect that to work if we don't buy in in the same way that we're expecting our players to buy into our scheme and strategy, you know, like it's a, it's a flow. And as team owners, you know, you have to be able to flow both ways for your team to, you know, be sustainable and, and successful. Um, I think that, you know, that's one thing that we're still, I mean, of course, you know, perfecting and getting better all the time, but like the, the rigor that has been involved in that is something that we've maintained, like regardless of what league we were in. So we're ready to contribute upward just as much as we are to support, you know, the players that are, you know, that are coming up underneath us. So, you know, I mean, I I appreciate the fact that marketing is aggressive and that, you know, and that the business model is progressive because that's, that's what we need. Like it pushes us out of our comfort zone while the girls are simultaneously being pushed out of their comfort zone on the field. So it's kind of all happening like in tandem. All right, Tiff, um, from this day forward, the Atlanta Phoenix is your rival, the Alabama Fire, right? Everybody on the Atlantic 
has to be on notice. Uh, did I just say that? Uh, yep. Hashtag respect 2020. So you can build it up now. <laughs> so, I, I, I love it. I swear I do. <laughs> so Thank you what I'm that. saying is okay. you got you got Chrissy over in Atlanta. You got Alabama who's up in Kameen. Uh, the Pumas as well. So no strangers there. Um, so the Atlantic really in, in year one. Like own thing right now. I thought that they were like. Well, I don't know what I'm they're sorry, doing. I'm just saying. Right, I'm just throwing a little yeah, little poking fun at you here. But anyways, Atlanta basically becomes your rival. So, <laughs> you know, Washington, D.C. rivalry renewed, as they say. So how excited are you to, you know, have something like that? Because it's going to be very exciting for the league. It's the same, no different than Seattle, San Diego on the Pacific. Or no different than San Diego, Los Angeles. And, you know, that kind of – it's kind of a dogfight mentality, in other words. So if it gets to that level of competition, uh, fans are going to be really entertained. Right, and I and I and I hope it does. To be honest with you, I hope I hope their players are and and, and organizations just as excited um, to have uh, to have us come over and um, you know we can start something up. Um, like you said, that 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 robbery, I, I don't I don't mind, but that's not going to change our mindset. Of again, we are going to come in and. We're going to do what what we do, and I'm not saying it's not a you know we're going to come in and, and do with like the scores and things you've seen in the past. You know I respect every team in this league. Um, yeah, I respect every team in women's football, but we're going to prepare ourselves to be our best selves. Um, and I think that's where we kind of uh, you know that that that's that's the model that kind of works for us. We don't we don't plan for a team. We don't plan for any team. We plan for ourselves. We we put in the work. Again, for every person, every player, and every position to be the best at that position, um, and we we bring it together on the field. So whoever whoever we we go against, that's that's what they're gonna go against. You know, a team that's um, prepared to 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 make sure that they level up. It's not about what colors the other team is playing. We were playing. We're going out there to 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 you know, to battle ourselves and make sure, not to make sure, but to, but to put our, you know, we don't want to leave the field with something that we could have, should have, would have done and tried. No, we're going to leave it all out on the field. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just, I, 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 I'm sure that they're, I'm not going to say I hope that they're ready for, you know, it's not even about, but I, I want them to know that that's the mindset. And we're not coming in and being a fluke team and, you know, they already, you know, uh, like ah, uh, they didn't play anybody, and yada yada yada. So we we never play anybody. We 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 go against our own our own heart. You know that that's that's how we know our competition. We we we're, we're in competition with with ourselves of being our best self. So I'm All excited. All right, um, Tiff and Jordan, how excited was uh, the coach when you said we're in the WNFC? He's got to be excited. We're in the WNFC. You got Texas Elite. You got Atlanta. You got Alabama. You got, man, Utah Falcons. You know, I mean, the, the opportunities are there. I mean, these are these are elite teams, top two teams in the country, Utah and, and Texas. And then if you looked at the year, you know, for the first year, um, you got Seattle, San Diego. So there's a lot of good programs in, in the league that they brought in and established programs. And some of those, you know, all the owners feel the same way you do. You know, you got to put up the best product out there and showcase the best athletic ability of every player. And so um, 
the Atlantic has changed, right? The landscape is here. This is the reason I want to bring you guys on uh, is because, you know, I wanted to introduce uh, to the world the prodigy to the WNFC 2020. So first phase here, I don't know who's who's next, but you guys are obviously the the first off the blocks for 2020. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and we we love that. We have been, I mean, like, Chip, like she said before, I mean, we have kind of been waiting for this, the moment, waiting to confirm it, waiting to announce it, you know, and now it's, and now it's out, and it's just, it's such a relief that it's not, you know, that it's not a secret anymore, it's not tentative anymore, it's not a maybe, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that the league was able to expand to, you know, to support the, the growth and the, the shift to the East. I mean, we've, I've always been, you know, since, since we started playing in 04, I've just always felt, and the West is going to be mad at me, but I've always felt that, like, the competition was just always so strong over here because there's so many, like, metropolitan areas that are close, you know, enough to each other to have those regular rivalries and really, and really scrap, you know, and I just, I'm happy now that we have that level of, you know, competition, rivalry, camaraderie, inside of this very strong business model and so that now we can kind of show the the west and the, you know the central and the south like what the what the east and the mid-atlantic has to bring to you know to women's football so I'm, I'm just really excited well uh the excitement is going to happen in 2020 um so you can just respect uh 2020 you can just use that motto um coming in three-time uswfl champion washington prodigy uh, Jordan Marie and uh, Tiffany Matthews. So, ladies, I really appreciate you guys making the time. I really look forward to WNFC TV and watching you guys live uh, against the uh, top teams in the Atlantic Conference in 2020. Um, and so it's going to be a tough road for you guys as well, but uh, that's what the challenges are about. And so the brand really wants to step up the game, and it looks like uh, you guys have decided to step up your game. Yeah. That's that's the plan. All right. So, Tiffany, um, thank you and congratulations to you once again for making the shift. And we look forward to, you know, what the on-field product is going to look like uh, and everything else. And then, Jordan, uh, continued success, obviously doing a great job there with the general manager and a lot more things with marketing to come with the within the league. So I'm really excited to see what's going to come about in D.C. with the Prodigy and Obviously, you know, year 20, uh, 2020 for the WNFC, we don't know what's good, what to expect. Uh, we were all excited about um, everything that was going to come out. And um, before I leave, uh, Tiff, when you saw WNFC TV, yeah. I mean, I, I, to me, it was just like, uh, that's another level. And when you saw the uh, San Diego Rebellion pro- uh, broadcast product uh, with replays and, and sort of a natural college football feel, that was another level. And I'm like, okay, everybody's serious about this. You know what I mean? Right, right. Right. And I, I mean, that's another aspect to it that, that just adds on to why it's, you know, it's so huge um, and that it's going in the right direction. Um, again, it, it's, I can't wait to just, you know, just be a part of it, just be in it, you know, um, I, already being a part of something like this, it just, we're already successful, <laughs> regardless of just what we do on the field. But I mean, we're already we're already successful. There are teams that are um, I looked on at some teams that have just started uh, that, and I remember when we were there. You know what I mean? And just to to now 
see where we are and to have the backing. And I just real quick, I, I just have to say thank you and give a huge shout out and appreciation to my coaching staff. Um, I I don't know. Again, it's not <laughs> Tony Bell is 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 it hasn't sent. Um, uh-huh. That's the, uh, our head coach. I, I can't I can't speak enough on him and his. So everything that we've talked about tonight, you know, and it, and it's coming from what I think makes us so special. It it, it comes from Jordan and I, but it it is it comes from the head coach. When I say we have uh-huh. everybody. Uh, season on the same level. We don't have a, I mean, we have ownership and GM, but everybody plays a part and um, you know believes in the system and is on the is on the same page. You know we communicate often and we just have that natural, open uh, form where it's 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 with family. You know and and I think that's super important and I think that's what um, from my experience. Um, with other teams, whether playing for them or just hearing about them, that sets us out, um, sets us apart. It's just you know when we're on the field, we we fight, we we're family, and that's just that's just how we bring it. Um, but he instills that and makes sure that you know <laughs> everyone is on the same page. Player from leader, we don't have a from the lowest player to the top player. You know, it's just like we we come as one unit. Um, so I'm just, again, I'm excited for us to be able to put that out on the main, you know, on the on the, the big screen now, so to speak. So everyone can, like you said, hashtag, respect, what is it, Respect 2020. Respect 2020. Um, I, I think you can't name, you know, just, I, I don't think a lot of teams have even paid a, a lot of attention to us. You know, they, they hear that we won you know, the championship three times, that's still not enough for them. And it should be because (laughs) these women put in the same work as anybody else has on the field um, as far as preparing to, to, again, to be the best at whatever they do. Um, But we have, we have a ton of, we have a ton of stars and and a a ton of women that have heart and, and, you know, to make this thing happen for us. It's not just, Jordan and myself, um, you know, it, it they it's a very special. It comes together. We they're, they're, it's like they're living their dream, and we we just all seem to have like that same common dream, like that that going in the same direction with the same motion, and that's why it, it just seemed like it all connected so perfectly. So to just be able to now for them again to put that out and be able to show that. And just have everyone go like, wow, you know, um, I, 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 I can't wait. I can't wait. Jordan, uh, you've seen the world stage. You saw the world games, um, the growth of the sport. Uh, last season, we had a lot of international players wanting to come to the WNFC, to be in the WNFC. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the opportunity is to, it's being drawn. In other words, the players overseas have really drawn to this league in terms of its fanfare and everything that came out. But my understanding is some, some players do still want to come into the States to play during that season, 2020. So do you guys have some sort of international, you know, point here that maybe you can get a couple players or accept players and, or anything like that? Or is that too far off? 
So, so this isn't new to us, actually. Um, I'm a prodigy, and even when we were um, with the Divas, we had a player from Finland, uh, Taya, who came over. She played with us for, what, three seasons, Tess? She lived with me for a while while she did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so we were all already kind of very accustomed to players from other countries wanting to come over to learn American football. Um, last year, we had a player come over um, as well. Uh, I cannot remember what country she's from off the top of my head right now. Um, but it was a Western European, I believe, uh, Croatia, but I don't, I may be mistaken. But um, she did not come back this year. She's actually pregnant. She is about to have a baby. Um, but we had an international player come and practice with us. It was later in the season, so it was too late for her to compete, but we hosted her for the better part of a month. And, you know, she came and she just wanted to learn American football from Americans. That's what she said to us. You know, they played um, eight on eight on her, oh, Prague. She was from Prague. She played on the Prague Lionesses. And they played eight on eight over there. Um, She wanted to learn 11 on 11. So we just, you know, we got her into our rotations and our drills and helped her learn the sport. So if there are international players who are interested in coming over, you know, and, and learning, we would absolutely open our doors to them. Um, we've always, I mean, our, our goal here on the Prodigy has always been to bring every player up, regardless of the level that, they, that they're at, that they come to us at. You know, anyone with the desire and willingness to learn and work should be rewarded by obtaining knowledge, you know, the, the repetitions needed to prepare them for competition. Um, so, and of course, you know, I mean, we're, we're competitive internally prior to competing, you know, externally with other teams, but the opportunity exists for anyone that's willing to put the work in. So that is whether you live in Alexandria, Virginia, or whether you live in, you know, the Czech Republic, if you want to come here and you want to put the work in, we are, we're always willing to have you. Yeah. And that's what the exciting thing about it is just the fact that you got players really wanting to come over and, you know, get the excitement of what it is to play here in the States. Um, a lot of international things happening. Um, you know, you got growth in Mexico, you got growth in Brazil, Central America's getting into it. Um, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just a passion, I guess, that, People want to play this sport, whether it be seven on seven, nine on nine, or eight on eight, or whatever. But eleven on eleven, ultimately, um, you got the Euro Championships coming up here in about two weeks or so, August twelfth to the seventeenth. So, uh, Jordan, you know, you were part of IFAB at the World Championships, and you got to see a bunch of other countries and stuff like that. So, does it blow your mind that this is just blowing up, even on the international scope? I love it. I absolutely love it. I love that, you know, when we played in 2017, there were points where we were, where we were worried, where the game got hard. Whereas, you know, in, in 2010, 2013, you know, from what I've heard from, from my teammates who had played in those years, you know, it was, it, it was a lot different. It was a lot easier because American football was not as familiar in these other countries. So it was easy to dominate a sport that we had the mastery of, but I mean, we still we still master it, of course, but it's nowhere near the same the same learning curve, the same knowledge gap that it was, and I feel like that gap is is closing. 
and we're seeing, you know, girls in different countries play to their strengths. You know, Mexico has, you know, they don't have the size, but they have the speed. Good Lord, they have the speed, you know, and, and countries like Finland, you know, they have the size, so they use their strength on the field. And so not only are they learning the game, but they're adapting it to, you know, to who they have, to where their, their interest base is and what their athletes look like. So it's, it's great to see this just coming up as something that is literally like recognized around the world. Yeah, and I'm kind of excited yeah. because we're going to have the Transatlantic Championship in New York in 2020. So that's going to oh, be yeah. pretty awesome, too. So um, there's that. a lot of international events. So it's it's just brewing. That's my whole point. It's like it's the interest is brewing, whether it be on no matter what continent, but it's brewing. Yeah, I, I got a chance um, last year to attend the uh, Women's World uh, Football and, and – uh, at the uh, Saints practice facility in uh, New Orleans, and Super down, that, yeah. I, I was shocked, um, and I went for the coaches part in it, um, but it, it shocked me to see so many players from, I mean, they're from it was you know Germany and Australia and Russia. Just I mean, it was there were <laughs> there were players. You just it was neat to have the, the helmets and then have the the country's flag on the helmets and to see, you know, quite a few, of course, uh, uh, U.S. flags, but just, just to see, like, you know, a plethora of, of, of di- just different countries, I'm just like, wow, that understood, um, uh, you know, American football. I, I didn't realize how, um, you know, international it was a- until that, that that moment. Like, I knew about Mexico, I knew about, but I, you know, but I just, like, I was just in awe. It's, it's so much, you know, it's covered all across, like you said, um, Europe. It's, it's it was just how broad it's gotten, especially for women. Not you know, it's not even like just you know men, but just especially for women that it has reached. Um, I mean, it's just worldwide at this point. So for them to have uh, to hear about it enough to have come here just for that training camp uh, for you know a week, and they and they look forward to that you know every year. It was that was huge to me. Um, to see so and how much they understood and 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 just some of their some of the rules were different which means that they you know they played and they, they practiced it they're just just tweaking little things and just trying to just the um not necessarily a language well yeah some of it was, was a language but just already understanding you know from an offensive lineman to just the different positions and and how what they were taught and some of the coaches um came over with them uh, you know, and it it was just kind of like you know, it had a coach and a translator, and but still the same rules and and saying that's why again I don't think that a lot of women realize how huge this is. So even some of the women that play on the teams here that realize that there's women, <laughs> you know, across the seas that are doing the exact same thing that they're doing. So. Well, um, I can tell you right now, uh, we don't have an off season. My calendar has been full for the last nine years, and so. There's never an off-season in women's football. There's always women's football being played. Even on the little island of Guam, there's football. So um, all 24-7, and that's what we do. So that's why it. a, a lot of people direct messages, and they'll say, I had no idea that women play American football in Brazil, no idea that they play in Honduras, no idea that they play all this, you know, in Australia. Um but unfortunately, it, it's reality, and that's what it is. I don't make any of this stuff up. I tell people. They all assume we probably make it up, but we don't. It's just – and we're, right. we're waiting for Morocco 
one team in Morocco probably going to evolve here in about 2021, hopefully. But, but overall, I mean, just the excitement of the fact that you have a lot of amazing, talented women uh, not playing, you know, anything else but American football and, um, you know, doing and excel at that great sport. I mean, um, the Euro Championships coming up here in about two weeks is going to kind of like showcase the, those teams there. I'm just shocked. Uh, I talked to OJ, but I think at one point or another, somebody's got to do uh, a North American Championship type deal. Um, we're probably have to kind of work it out with Football Canada and Team USA or something because the Euro Championships happen every four years and we don't have a North American Championship, which I think we should. We should have a North American Championship, you know, like to include Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. as a tune-up, you know? But we don't. So mm-hmm. I don't know why we don't, but we should. So we'll see if that happens. But um, uh, Tiffany and Jordan, thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. I'm under the weather. and my head was under the flu since Saturday, but other than that, I'm still oh, up, upright and, and talking. Oh, man. But, uh, oh. No, it's just it's way it is. Just a stuffy nose now. No big deal. Um, but thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. And uh, you guys are just uh, – you know, getting excited for 2020. Um, we're all excited for you guys uh, to get going. Um, year two for WNFC. We're really looking forward to it. Uh, I know there's a lot of things in the works from what I hear from everybody, uh, how to elevate the brand at even higher level than year one. Um, so I know networking is big in, in the league right now, and they all want to get to another level. And knowing, uh, like I said, Jenkins and Seawold, I'm pretty sure they're going to get to that another level. They're going to change it up. So uh, look at, looking forward to the Prodigy on the field in 2020 against Atlanta, Alabama, New Orleans, and uh, obviously the, the big dog, Texas Elite Spartans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can't wait. We can't wait. <laughs> All right, ladies, thank you very much. Uh, if you guys need any help from me or anything like that, you guys direct message me. I'm always available. Um, you guys can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash grand beauties. That is the place to be. If you miss out on anything, that's where everything's happening in women's American football. So, uh, Tiffany, Jordan, thank you very much. Continued success. We will probably touch base before 2020 kickoff, and we'll see where you guys are at in terms of roster and size and all that good stuff so that we can figure out where we're at before the kickoff. So it'll be awesome. Awesome. Thanks so so much. much. Get well soon, Oscar. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, I hope you feel better. All right, guys, that was uh, Jordan Marie and the uh, owner, Tiffany Matthews, of the Washington Prodigy. And they uh, are getting ready for WNFC 2020. And so one of the uh, Phase 2 expansion teams that we needed to bring in to showcase, and they're excited to contribute to the Atlantic Conference and how that's going to turn out. And we'll look forward to uh, kickoff, obviously, next April. But overall, I mean, they're, they're on the road. Uh, three-time USWFL champions, as they talked about here, um, they get no respect. Uh, well, WNFC 2020 is the opportunity for them to showcase what they're all about and maybe earn that respect in terms of the Atlantic Conference. So we'll see there. Um, Mackenzie had a bail, and I am literally um, just keeping it going here, but we're just going to fine-tune um, in about 15 minutes here, we're going to bail out as well because I can't breathe enough here. But overall, I want to thank everybody that's gone to our Facebook page and shared, liked, and did everything for our post. Really appreciate everybody co- commenting and sharing. And we're almost at 7,200 strong in terms of followers. So we need to, our goal is to get to 10,000 by hopefully by the end of the year. So help us out, share our posts, 
and do what you got to do, make it happen, and bring awareness to the sport. If you haven't gone to our Zazzle shop, you can go ahead and go there daily. Go to the Shop Now tab on our Facebook page as well. You can go to the Twitter feed as well, and you can go to Instagram as well. And check it out. You can get the uh, classic throwback, no just football silver and black T-shirt. Order it today. If you have Zazzle Black, it is $9.99 for the year, free shipping in the U.S. You can also check out our sites on Zazzle in terms of the Euro sites or the international sites. You can go under a worldwide tab, check it out there, and you can always order your stuff directly from the international sites. So uh, Zazzle has been our sponsor for six years. Without them, we would not be on the air. So really help us, help us support them, and they support us. So head on there. Looking forward to um, this coming weekend in Legends Football League, week 14. Um, this was uh, the Austin Acoustic taking on the Los Angeles Temptation. It's a big clash. You can get to see some of the still photos and photographs uh, on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Check it out, and it'll be on this weekend's uh, YouTube channel. Last weekend, you had the uh, probably the worst LFL game that we've seen in a couple years in terms of offensive massacre and disaster, and that was the Nashville Knights taking on the Chicago Bliss. Uh, defensively, both teams played pretty well. Offensively, they just stunk it up. Um, center exchange is horrible. Uh, you know, nobody could catch a football. It was just a bad showing. If you want to watch it, go to LFL uh, YouTube channel. Otherwise, uh, the victor was Nashville Knights. They stay in the playoff contention. And they're going to be facing the Austin Acoustic in week 16. Probably need to tune themselves up or they're going to be embarrassed on the last week of the season. On um, this coming weekend, we have two of our No Joke Football supporters. And that's going to be Michelle Marshall, the amazing Michelle Marshall of the Atlanta Steam, taking on Anna Garza of the Omaha Heart. So both our no-joke football athletes meeting head-to-head this weekend in Gwinnett at the Infinite Center. And we are totally excited to be watching this this weekend. Atlanta in a must-win, otherwise they miss the playoffs. Omaha, a big story for the year. They win on the road. They get in. And then they get to face Seattle Miss one more time, which is the team they lost 70-6 to in week one. The scenario is there. Can Anna Garza, Lauren Crouch, and the Omaha Heart pull the upset in Atlanta? Or will Dakota Hughes and Michelle Marshall secure their playoff berth to take on the Seattle Miss? So we will see how that turns out. It's going to be an exciting matchup this weekend. And so looking forward to it this weekend as well. Uh, we are covering the German League. If you haven't known it, if you weren't at the hub, the German League, we covered it. So you get the get the feedback on the Munich Rangers versus the Cologne Falcons and then the Berlin Knights taking on the Berlin Cobras. Thanks to everybody that supplied our photos and stuff on our uh, Facebook page. Really appreciate it. And then uh, in about two weeks here, August 10th, you'll have Cobras taking on the Hurricanes, the Kelbarctic Hurricanes, the Hamburg Amazons taking on the Berlin Knights, and you will also get Munich Rangers against Stuttgart Scorpions uh, within that weekend. So we'll keep tabs on that as well. International events coming up August 12th through the 17th. That is the IFAB World, uh, Women's Euro Championships in Leeds, UK. And that's uh, Austria, uh, Sweden, Finland, and Great Britain. And we'll have coverage through it. One side productions will have coverage on it. And we will keep uh, tabs on it. The other event, it's August 10th. It is the IWFA versus the XFL, and that's going to be in Mexico. That is 8-on-8 uh, eight eight, uh, legend-style play, and that's uh, in Mexico. 
And then the last event that's happened this past weekend was AFE All-Stars Virginia Beach, July 24th to the 28th. And then the new event is going to be December 7th, and that's going to be in Cancun. The original uh, plan event was canceled, so you get the flyer there at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. We're also getting ready for the Mexican uh, Women's Open Tournament that will take place on August 14th through the 18th in Monterey, Mexico, and that's going to be uh, the best of the best in terms of regions in Mexico competing at this tournament. Every uh, organization from FX Mexico, Lexpa, UFAN, uh, Maya, Cancun, Quintana Roo, everybody's conveying in Mexico, Monterey, Mexico, and then they will select there the next team that will go to the 2021. So it's a kind of a starting point for them to kind of gauge the talent that's going to be available for Mexico to compete at the next IFAB World Championship. So it's a good starting point there. Uh, the Ladies Bowl in Germany will be t- taking place September 21st, and that's uh, as soon as the season finalizes on August 25th. So you'll have the championship here in Germany as well. The International Women's Cup will happen in Honduras on March 12th through the 17th, 2020. And then the other event that's going to happen at the end of August is WFA Team United uh, versus Team Canada of the uh, Global Bowl, uh, August 30th through September 1st in Toronto. Details uh, on the WFA Team United, go to WFAProFootball.com and get the details there as well. So uh, thanks for McKenzie to come in and uh, help me out here today. Um, For the absent, uh, Troy Wilson, Holly Custis, and Louise Bean, uh, they should be back next week, um, back on the podcast. They're all busy right now with everything happening for the summer and stuff like that. But uh, looking forward to uh, the competitions that are going to happen this weekend. And like I said, legend-style playoffs in the mix this weekend. The WFL Championship uh, also happening in Mexico. It is the Amazonas taking on the V-Queens. Maritza Jaramillo uh, is going to be taking on the Amazonas. So we'll keep tabs on that. We will have coverage of that as well as the uh, broadcasters as well for it. So a lot of excitement happening. If you miss out, don't know what's going on, and have not been to the Hub, go to the Hub. Share it um, with your friends. And it's uh, facebook.com forward slash Iron Beauties. You can always go to our No Joke Football page on Instagram and on Facebook. It's the same thing, facebook.com forward slash No Joke Football. So uh, big news here today, WNFC adds phase two, and that's the Washington Prodigy. And so thanks to uh, Jordan Marie to making the time today and owner Tiffany Matthews. And we are really excited to see them, obviously, as the WNFC uh, 2020 season comes into play. So uh, we'll catch you guys here next week. Hopefully I'm better. 285. Um, it's going to be a, uh, a, another program that we're going to have. And so um going to line up a lot more uh, interviews coming up here during the week. But we're going to be talking NFL offseason. We're going to be talking NFL Hall of Fame, uh, Broncos uh, primarily probably. And uh, so coming up this weekend, stay up in the know. You can go to Twitter at Green Beauty. Or, like I said, you can go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauty. So, for the absent uh, co host, uh, Oscar Lopez saying, have a great night. We'll catch you guys here next week for 285. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>